Genesis 1.1. This is our series called In the Beginning. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Bereshit bara Elohim. Right? In the beginning, God. Now, some of you are already, we're already in trouble. Like, we're like four words into the Bible and we are in trouble. Why are we in trouble? Because it says, in the beginning, God. And as soon as you say God, everybody in this room has a different picture in their mind of what or who God is. Everybody. I mean, we're four words into the Bible, and we are, we are up to our eyeballs in trouble, aren't we? Because to you, God is something. To this person, God is something else. To someone else, th- this is what God is like. And if I w- took a microphone and went out in the atrium and did little man-on-the-street interviews after service, I would get a thousand different answers today for what God is. is. God is this. So... I think before I go too much further in this Genesis series, and I'm, I'm trying to get to chapter 2 today, we'll get there, uh, but I just, for a minute, I, I just need to talk about this because what you believe about God kind of determines almost everything about your life. Now, first option, first option, there is or there isn't God, right? That's the first option. And um, I'm guessing because you made the drive, most of you are on the, there is or you're a friend of somebody that's like, you got it, right? But then the next question is, okay, so there's God. So what is God like? Isn't that the million-dollar question? And a lot of us, you know, have a particular idea of what God is like. Now, um, I, 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 uh, there's a place I like to go snowboarding. And, uh, and when I go snowboarding... Um, you know, I stayed at the same place up north, and um, they uh, they have these nice little fireplaces in the in the cabins. You know what I mean? And how many how many like if you're a Michigan person or whatever, you you love a good winter fire. How many? Don't, don't you? You love it. In fact, just survey. How many of you have a fireplace in your house? You have a fireplace. Do you love it in the winter? Don't you love it? Just curious. I'm not. Just this doesn't matter. You can stay or not. But, how many have natural fire in your house? Oh, man. Huh? Isn't it the best? The crackle, the smell, the cleanup, the ashes. <laughs> so I have a picture I want to show you. And uh, this is a picture of, of uh, where, I, where I get wood when, um, when I make a fire. And the, the pro- here, here's the problem. Now, that sign, I think, says, warning, you are being watched by cameras if you're taking wood out of this thing. But this is a, it's a shelter. It's a wood shelter. It has a nice roof on it. You know, it's, uh, and, and you go there and you get wood to make a fire. And everybody loves a good fire, don't they? Warms you up. Does it warm you up? And doesn't it somehow warm you up on the inside? I don't know how that works exactly. How many feel warmer on the inside when you just see the fire and you smell? Okay, so you go there and you get the wood. But the thing is, when you check in, they give you, uh, they give you what they call fire starters, these little packs that you put in the wood, because basically the wood's no good. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Because the wood's no good. So you have to have a... So you go... So, you know, this happens all the time. I'll go up there. I'll get all this wood. I'll set it all up. Get it all in there. And then um, put the fire starters in there because the wood's no good. And it starts for a little bit. And you turn your back and the thing is what? It's out. It's no good. And so you do this again and again. And one time, then I, I, I got desperate, so I went and took the phone book. I shredded the phone book. I mean, I figured, no one's going to use it anyway, right? Like, uh, I probably owe that place a phone book, all right? Don't tell them, all right? But I, I went through a whole phone book, and it's not working, okay? Now, why do you give fire starters? Because you know the wood is no good. Is it right? And here's what I'd like to say, just if I can. I think the view that we've been giving to people about God is like bad wood. It's just not working anymore. It's not warming us. It's not filling us. It's not helpful. So many people grew up with a a certain view of what God is like that's not helpful. And the church has been just declining, 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 declining because a whole generation has grown up and it's like they've just got their hands together like this and it's not producing any heat. It's not warming them. I don't know if you know this or not. That's actually why we started Orchard Grove. Because people just kept leaving and leaving. and I, I just can't, I can't do this view of God. And they, and they don't quite know what to do with it. They, don't, they, they feel bad saying that. And so instead of just leaving officially altogether, they just always have a reason not to go to church. Because it doesn't warm them. It doesn't help anymore. And the whole next generation, your kids growing up, they don't care. There, I said it, right? They just don't care. They're not worried. They'll get married at a golf course. They just don't care. And you're caught in between and you're gra- the whole generational thing. But, the, I, but if I could focus on this, we, 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 we've got bad wood. We're giving out the stuff that's it's a, it's a view of God that doesn't warm. It doesn't help. It doesn't inspire. So um, last time I was there, I tried something different. I have another picture to show you what I tried that was different uh, instead of the, the, wood sh- the wood shed. You see to the left? Those are my tracks. What am I doing? I'm going behind the woodshed. And guess what I found behind the woodshed? Tons of great wood. Tons and tons and tons and tons of great wood. Little brittle sticks, branches that have been laying there for probably three years, just absolutely brittle and dry and just ready for... And guess what happened? My fire was roaring. Anybody with me? I should have made a fire up here, a little demonstration. It was... Sm- and this is, this, is, this is what I thought. This is my question. Why did it take me so long? Do you see how... Can you put the picture back up there again? Put the picture back. The second one. Uh, it's right there. Why did it take me so long to just go right there? You want, do you want to know why, I think? Say, well, it's more work. Well, you could get snow in your, if you don't have big boots on. 
but what's the real, what's the real reason I kept going to the shed? Because, listen here, I was programmed to go to the shed. I was told myself in my head, that's where the wood is. Listen, a whole generation is going behind the shed. They're finding spirituality. They're finding faith in non-official places. And we're so terrified about it. Do you know what Orchard Grove is? We're a behind-the-woodshed church. We're out there stomping around. Right? We got boots and, you know. And people go, what? But that's not a church. They always go, that's not a church. As if God designs them. You know what I mean? Like God's up in heaven with an architect. The, the people literally say, well, that's not a church. And I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just a behind-the-woodshed church. Why don't people look behind the wood? Why don't people look somewhere else besides the official place? Churches have always been big about being official. Who's officially in? Who's officially out? Huh? Who's in? Who's out? Um, why don't we look behind the woodshed? Why don't we look other places? Because it's not sanctioned. So there's a label, the woodshed. Feels very official, right? Feels very official. It's organized. You know what I mean? If you go behind the wood, it's not organized back there. It's chaos, right? It's branches. Everywhere. You never know what you might find. It's all stacked in the woodshed. People will tell you it's dangerous back there. Huh? It's dangerous behind the woodshed. Has anybody ever told you that? People, you've, been told it, you've been told it's dangerous to come here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's not official. I don't know. It's not official. People have this idea that what is sanctioned and what is official, whatever, however they get that sanctioning, and of course, if you, not, not to pick, not to pick, because I'm just saying, but, you know, so the Catholic Church had to go, we trace ours directly to what? Peter, right? And anyway, never mind, that's okay. But it, it, you, need the, you need to have that, uh, we're the real thing, I'm not picking, we all have our faults. Are, are you with me? Why did it take me so long? Just because I was programmed. And what happened is a lot of us, we don't realize how much we're programmed. Last week after I finished the message, somebody came up to me and told me, they said, what you were talking... By the way, I hope you get the whole series and just go over it. I, I do. Maybe even go get the CDs and, and all that's ancient times or whatever. But did you know cassettes are making a comeback? I saw this morning on the news. Anyway, just... There's all kinds of fun information that just flows freely from the pulpit. Here. <laughs> but if you get the whole series, you'll find out that, th- that this is going somewhere, this whole series. But here's the thing you want to think about this morning is somebody told me last week, they said, what you were talking about all, all morning last week is, is what we call, and I'm, I'm going to screw up the term, so don't forgive me if I'm, I'm not a psychologist, but like an anchor bias. So that's what you talked about. I'm, I'm practicing um, in this field, and, and it's... So I won't go any further because I don't know what I'm talking about in that field. But basically, you learn something, and the first impression that you have, it takes like 10 other impressions to overcome it. And here's the example that she gave me. If I say to you, that is a bad person, I'm your dad, and I say to you, that's a bad person, the rest of your life, you will never meet that person, see that you will believe... That's a bad person. 
And if you happen to bump into them somewhere down the line and meet them once, it takes 10 times for you to overcome your bias. So why am I saying all this? You have a picture of God. In the beginning, God. You have a picture. Bam! It comes up. And most of us, the picture that we were given is a, is a Gandalf figure. Now, for whatever reason, he's white and male. Go figure. Wonder who drew that picture. <laughs> right? We know clearly that God's not white or male, necessarily. Wonder who drew that picture. And so it's this Gandalf kind of version. Now, I have, I have something for you. I, th- I think it's back there. It might be covered in white back there. If you, thanks so much. And so this is, this is so important because what you, think of, what you think of God has a lot to do with the rest, okay? And, oh, here. Thank you so much. Most of us have a Santa Claus view of God, don't we? He's white, he's big, he's old, he's male, he's got a beard, he sits on a throne, he makes a list, he checks it, he knows who's naughty. Isn't that God? And he gives presents to the nice ones. So, ready? Ready? What a lot of people have done is this. <laughs> Haven't they? This is what we've done. We've surfed up Santa Claus. He's still Santa. We just made him cooler. We got flip-flops, got a surfboard, right? No? A little Hawaiian shirt. Can I say this? This is so important. Ready? This is now what's happening all over America. This is now what's happening. Now you can wear jeans to church. Now you can have coffee. Now he's the same God, right? We just made him cooler. This is what's happening all over. But if you take off the surf shirt and you, and you, and you put off the flip, it's the same. He's the God who's alone. He's making the list. He's checking it twice. He's all about looking at you and trying to find out if you're naughty or if you're what? That's his obsession. He's obsessed with naughty and nice. Like it or not, this is what most of us grew up with. This view of God right here. Now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, whatever our view is of God affects everything else about us. So what a lot of us have done is, oh, I go to this one church, and man, they're cool there. It's cool. But underneath it all is the same exact Santa. Now, what is God really like. If I can just fast forward a couple of verse, a couple of thousand years, along comes Jesus. Remember him? Along comes Jesus, and he started saying things like this, right? First um, John, right? Or, or, or uh, let, let me do this one first. We'll do uh, John 
chapter 4, right? Verse 24, he says, God is spirit. God is spirit. Is that spirit? God is spirit. Spirit's so tough, isn't it? See, some of you are going to be so mad because you're like, yeah, but I want to I put him in a box and take him home. I want to, how do you want to just put God in a box and take him home with you? And spirit is a little rough. But I'm, I'm quoting Jesus, so you can't throw anything at me. God is what? Spirit. You're not going to get your arms around God. Can I give you the massive disappointment of the day? Are you ready? You don't know anything about God. You think you do, right? But if you do, it's 1% of what God really is. You can't get your arms around spirit. Put God on a shelf. We want God in a box. We want God in a trunk. We want God in our back seat. We want Jesus to take the wheel, right? We want all these things. But God is spirit way bigger. And then 1 John we get this idea. God is love. God is love. God is love. These are much bigger ideas. These are a little harder for us to get our head around, but this is what's so important. Are you ready? Fast forwarding so many years later, we see a different understanding of God. That God is love and God is all about love. Old ideas. Ready? Old ideas were the naughty and nice. And truth be told, parents, put your hand up. You use this a couple of times to try to get some behavior out of your children. Just put your hand up and admit it. I used the Santa, the naughty, the night. I just, because I needed to get through an afternoon. You screwed up your kid's theology so you can get through an afternoon, just so you know that. Right? But in other words, it's like we do. We just have this naughty night. He's going to check. And if you don't, you get to bed and stop hitting your brother. And so here's what we did. We, we had this constant reinforced that God is about naughty and nice. And this is what he does. And this is what he's about. And this is what's so important. We're told that you're going to get. What's the thing you're going to get if you're bad? Huh? Isn't that universal? Where did we learn that, by the way? Is there a school of parenting? You're going to get what? Coal. Coal. In your? There is a parenting school somewhere that you go to. So there's a punishment. God's going to do this. You're, you're on the naughty list. Now, miraculously, you all get on the nice list right before Christmas comes. I don't know. Isn't it true? Like, God forbid there's actually anyone here that actually gave your kids coal, right? But somehow, miraculously, it all works out. and you get No one actually ever really gets coal, but... This is the perception, and this is very closely tied to what we think about God. So these old ideas that you're a bad person, you're separate from God. God's going to separate them. God's going to put you on the other end of the house where the, that doesn't have air conditioning. You're going to go live in the basement that we've never finished and it's got rats. Any normal parent would ever do that. Let's just say you got one of those old Michigan basements you've not been around fixing it up or it's not worth fixing up like mine. When it rains, just have these little 
little fountains go just shooting the just shoot through the sidewall. And your kid's naughty, so you just send them. I now therefore remove your room to the basement. Mom, it's leaking. Smell. I don't care. You disobeyed me. These were, by the way, these were old understandings of God. You know, it's almost like we forgot Jesus came. He came to set us free from all of that. He goes, what was Jesus doing? If society was throwing him in the basement, Jesus would go in the basement and have a party with them. And all the religious people were like, what, what, why is he down? Why is he in the basement? Why is he with the sinners, the labeled people? Isn't it funny when we label people sinner, it's always somebody else that we're labeling, never us? We like to categorize our sins, and the real bad ones are ones that we don't do. Isn't it? So it's always someone else. So then along, Paul, comes Paul. He writes things like this. God is for us. Romans 8. God is for us. This was a revolutionary idea. The idea that God was for us. And then he goes on to say, you know, what will separate us from the love of God? What would get you banished to the basement? What's the answer to that one? Do you know it? One, two, three, the answer is? Oh, you're scared to say it. Nothing. What will separate us from the love of God? Nothing. There is nothing that separates us from God. Nothing. So how does this actually work? What we learned is that God is always with us. He's always for us. He's always on our side. Not on our side in the sense that our kickball team's going to win because we prayed more than your kickball team. Not that way on our side. Right? Not on our side. How many parents, you know, your kids, you're not on one side versus the other side of a child. But you're on their side. I'm here with me. So some people have taken this, God's on our side, like we're one of the children and we're going to take over the other child. No, that's not what on our side means. It means that God's on our side, all of us. He's for us. Not, he's not against us. May I say it this way? There are, in God's economy, there are no sides. This affects how we see other people. Ready? How we see God affects how we see other people and how we see ourselves. How we see God affects how I see other people and how I see myself. If God is that way, then I got to do that too. I have to have a naughty and nice list. I have to have a list of people that are in and out. I got to decide all that stuff. That's my job to say who's in and who's out. Apostle Paul wrote about this, 1 Corinthians 13. And he said, now, it's like now we see in part, you know? We we, we can only see a part. 
Paul said, when I was a child, you know, I, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, you know, when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. He was, he was talking about as he grew in his understanding. Right? And as we've learned, God is not like Gandalf. And God isn't like Santa Claus, even with cool shoes. But God is love. God is bigger. And if you believe God is love, it lets you love other people that the other system doesn't let you love. But here's what's really important. Ready? It lets you love yourself. You know, I think one of the things that people we struggle with most is people really genuinely having a good image of themselves. In this series we're learning, we're made in the image of God. God is good. You are good. I didn't even get to the whole chapter I wanted to today, but look, look. Somebody introduced this idea hundreds of years later called original sin. And that idea has put its stamp on the church for hundreds of years. And here I am in like 10 minutes trying to undo hundreds of years of teaching. How many know I got no shot? But everybody believes, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. I, they, do, they first define themselves as a sinner. No. God made you and he made good. And he said, that's good. That's good. Now, how many screw up even though you're marvelous? Of course. You are a marvel who makes mistakes. You're a marvel who makes mistakes. You're not a sinner. Do you make mistakes? Yes. Do you actually, not only like, oh, I should have turned left. No, but sometimes you intentionally make, intentionally hurt people. Come on. It's okay. Okay, just me. All right, that's fine. Forget this side. I'm not talking to you guys anymore. Sometimes you intentionally even harm people. With your words, with your typewriter. Typewriter. <laughs> your Remington. It's not an excuse, but it's not what defines who you are. Now listen, what, the other thing that we're learning is this. We're learning that we behave and perform, we perform very close to our mental image of ourself. If you think you're bad, you're going to perform that way. We know this in sports. That's why they have, you know, they have paid professional sports psychologists. Why? It's to get in the head of the athlete to get them to think they can do what they know they can do physically. Same thing is true if we go around telling people, you're sinners, you're sinners, and you're not good enough, and you don't measure up, and God saw that. God, Santa saw that. He wrote it down. What does that make? It's like we, he's obsessed with us making a mistake. By the way, this is helpful for any of you that coach T-ball. Chill out. Huh? It's not Barry Bonds out there yet. They make tons of mistakes. Let them have fun. Fun. What an idea. Sports, fun. Anybody? Old concept? All right. All right, never mind. Sports perfection? Oh, sign me up. Obsession perfection? What is God? He sees you 
And in love, he sees himself. Any parents, you see your kids, you see yourself. You know, God sees you. He, he, he sees love. Now watch. What you see about yourself determines so much about who you are as a person. If you believe the best about yourself, you're going to behave the best. If you believe the worst, you're going to what? Behave the worst. In Genesis, what we learn is that God made us good. You have my permission. You can believe what you want, but you have my permission to never believe this idea of original sin, that you are a sinner because somehow Adam sinned and therefore you are inherently a bad person. Did Adam screw? Yeah. Did Eve? Yep. Would you at times? Yeah. That's all it is. Inherently, you're good. Follow that. Pursue that. Check Jesus on that. 